And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. And folks, we've got an exciting program planned for you today. We've got two guests. And I want to get right into that because our guests today are going to preview for us a new program that is coming up on American Family Radio starting this Saturday at 5 p.m. Central Time. It's called Hannah's Heart. My guest is Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. And welcome to both of you. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Well, well listen, welcome to the network. It's, it's, I'm excited to, to uh, know that your program is going to be airing and our, our listeners are going to have an opportunity to be a part of that. So first of all, the question that probably comes to some people's minds, and I think I know the answer and many people probably hearing the title know the answer, Hannah's Heart. What does that suggest? Yeah, so we um, titled this program Hannah's Heart um, because of Hannah in Scripture, um, talked about in First Samuel 1 and 2. Um, she was a lady who struggled with infertility, and that will be our main topic in this podcast and radio show. Um, she struggled with infertility from what sounds like years, and she was at the temple praying about um, having a baby and desiring a baby, and the priest saw her, and um, he honestly thought she was drunk, it says in scripture, and um, just from her praying, she had her eyes closed, it says, but her mouth was moving, and she was like, no, no, I'm not drunk. I, I'm desiring a baby. And she had already said that um, if the Lord would give her a son, that she would commit him back to Christ. And um, long story short, Eli just ended up saying, you can go in peace and um, may God grant you your wish. And she ended up getting that baby and um, she committed him to back to the Lord and gave him back to Christ um, uh, after he was weaned. And so um, as I was studying that scripture, that's just really what stuck out to, you know, just my prayer for me to be like Christ first, but then to also be like Hannah as I, um, my husband and I walked through infertility ourselves and miscarriage. Ah, okay. And and that was, is that what inspired you to, to knowing that there are many, many couples out there who struggle with the same issues uh, to, to minister to them based upon your own experience? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, um, I feel like the Lord really laid it on my heart to, um, it's probably about three years ago now that I feel like he's kind of birthed a, an idea that this is so needed. Um, we've talked about it in other programs today, but um, statistics show that it's one in eight couples that struggle with infertility and one in four pregnancies that end in miscarriage. And so if you think about just the people you pass by on a daily basis, that that's somebody you pass by just about every day probably that you just don't know that that's part of their story. Because honestly, in my opinion, this really isn't talked about a whole right. lot, you know, especially in this type of setting. Now, your voice I'm just hearing, You, which one are you? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm too guessy. <laughs> I'm sorry. My name is Anne. 
You're Ann. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, okay, and Kendra, you're there in the studio as yes, well. Yes, and I've been on your program before promoting In His Image, the, yes. the documentary, which was such a delight. And, um, you know, that program actually kind of segued into me working on Hannah's Heart. There's a section in the documentary for those that have heard on American Family Radio about um, that deals with um, gender and sexuality. But um, one of the statements that we make in the film is that, you know, God's plan is for couples to reproduce and populate the earth mm-hmm. and to, you know, create kingdom warriors. And, and we talk about all of that, but um, we added in a little um, exception there. Hey, just because you're a couple who might be struggling with infertility doesn't mean that you're not really married, that you're not glorifying the kingdom of God. And I actually wrote that into the documentary before I even knew that me and my husband, that we were going to struggle with this issue. And so um, just what Ann said, you know, so many couples struggle with this. And I think as believers, there are some interesting topics that come up with this. So you've got um, pro-life issues that come into play when you get into fertility treatments of wanting, you know, not every clinic recognizes that life begins at conception and Christians Mm -hmm. need to know what the options are that are life affirming and how they can advocate for fertility treatments that, um, that hold to their values. And we're going to have some special guests on to, to discuss those topics. We're also going to have a lot of testimonies from a variety of different ways that God answers that call to want to be a mama or a daddy. And sometimes it's fostering. Sometimes it's adoption. Sometimes it's snowflake adoption, which we're going to talk about what that is. It's right, the, right. <laughs> we're going to talk about um, all the different fertility options mm-hmm. available to couples. Well, look, let, let me ask you this, because I'm sure you you dealt with this, and, and I know that other couples have the sense of guilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannah, during the time in, in Israel, if you were if you were infertile, if you could not bear children, that was considered a curse. Uh-huh. Something was wrong with you. God was punishing you somehow. Well, we know that that's not true. Uh, how do you deal with couples, uh, a woman perhaps particularly, who may feel, you know, why me? Why is this happening to me? What if I? What did I do wrong? What? Is God punishing me? Mm. Uh, do you deal with those those issues of, of guilt and self-doubt? Oh, yes, sir. I, I personally struggled with that for a long time. I So my, my husband has nothing necessarily wrong with him that would cause us to not be able to have children. It was um, multiple diagnosis for me. And um, at, when I tell you, I, I mean, I, I remember crying to him one time and just saying, like, do you ever wish you would have married someone else? Um, you know, for this reason, you could have already had a baby. I felt bad for our parents. Our parents were desiring to be grandparents, and it was me that was keeping them from becoming grandparents, you know. And so that's so real, and that's you talking about raw, you know. Um, that's a topic that I feel like people don't necessarily talk about often because it, it hurts bad. But, yeah, we, we definitely cover that. We cover things from... That and Kendra mentioned IVF to even you know holidays. How do you how do you celebrate at Christmas time? Even though we're celebrating our Savior's birth, we're still celebrating a birth of a baby mm-hmm. who came to save our world, and we're desiring a baby ourselves. You know, and so there's so many different things, challenging things, but um, that is what our heart is, mine and Kendra's, to just be there for these couples, for these women um, struggling with these issues mm-hmm. um, to. It, it, 
Yes, sir. Both of you. This is this is exciting. I don't, I don't want us to run out of time before we can tell people how to connect with you yeah. two. We'll, I think we'll still have a little bit more time for the interview, but how would people connect with you if they're struggling with this? They know people who are. How Absolutely. Do they you? So you can email us, first of all, at hannahsheart at afa.net. That, that's Hannah, spelled like it is in the Bible, hannahsheart at afa.net. We're also going to be on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook on the podcast page on AFR. And we will actually be premiering this Saturday at 5 p.m. and every Saturday, 5 p.m. Central Time on AFR. Now, is Hannah's heart with an apostrophe after Hannah? Apostrophe S? No, so the email is just one word, Hannah's heart. Okay. And then the other is heart, just one word. Has okay. An apostrophe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But your question of, of guilt and, and uh, grief, I think, is really key for me. Um, when I had a miscarriage, asking like, God, why did you let this happen? And then it makes Mm. you think, oh, it must be something that I did wrong. And I've been a believer for over 30 years. And I thought, man, I know about the topic of the problem of evil in the world. And I have taught small groups on why bad things happen to believers. Like I know all of the verses to go to, but yet it's just human instinct to feel that. And we want to help couples process that and honor Mm. God and cling to him as their ultimate source of hope. Well, Ann Cockrell, Kendra White, uh, we are excited to have this program starting this coming Saturday, 5 p.m. Central Time. Hannah's Heart, congratulations to both of you. Thank and you. And I know you're going to minister to many, many people. God bless you. God bless you. We'll be back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. You know, many members of the millennial generation think they're special. At least that is the conclusion of a recent study of college students. One newspaper report on the study put it this way. If you ask a college freshman today who the greatest generation is, they might respond by pointing in a mirror. The study of college students documented young people's unprecedented level of self-infatuation. Psychologist Gene Twinge found that over the last four decades of research on college freshmen, there has been a dramatic rise in self-confidence. For example, they describe themselves as above average in academic ability and in their personal lives. The problem is that there is a stark disconnect between their opinions of themselves and their actual ability. She's found that students suffer from what she calls ambition inflation. As their ambition increases, it reaches levels of unrealistic expectations. She has also found in another study that there has been a 30% increase towards narcissism in students since 1979. The changing culture is part of the reason for this dramatic change. She explains, our culture used to encourage modesty and humility and not bragging about yourself. If someone did that in the past, we call that person stuck up or conceited. Today, the culture often rewards such attitudes and behavior. I would also argue that social media encourages and accentuates this trend. Students posting pictures of themselves on Facebook and Instagram, uploading videos on YouTube, and leaving numerous comments on Twitter receive positive feedback for such behavior. These technologies provide additional vehicles to feed their narcissism. These studies remind us that this generation needs guidance from pastors and parents so that they can apply biblical principles of success, humility, and self-image. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. Go deeper on topics like you just heard by visiting pointofview.net. That's pointofview.net. Okay, some good news during a challenging time for everybody, and this could really help. 
You may know hundreds of thousands of people have already made the switch to MediShare, which is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And with so many people looking at how they pay for health care right now, seeing premiums going up or the cost of COBRA plans, MediShare has a special offer and a lot of people are taking advantage of it. Simply apply by October 30th and they will waive your new member fee. That's $170 savings. And of course, that's just a start. The typical family saves $500 a month after making the switch. MediShare is a Christian community that has shared over $4 billion in medical bills and it's worked beautifully for decades. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. Here it is. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Our next guest, folks, is one of the premier attorneys in the United States of America. Matt Staver is the founder and chairman of Liberty Council and, uh, and his, his achievements in the law, practicing uh, now in Florida, appellate pra- licensed to appellate practice, practice before the United States Supreme Court. But he is a champion for our liberty. Matt, welcome to The Awakening. Thanks for taking time. I understand you are inundated with cases right now, including this new class action case. So tell us, tell us where we are in terms of the front lines of of, of fighting for our liberty, right, our, our liberty and and rights as as this administration seeks to erode them. Well, thank you, Bishop. It's uh, certainly a pleasure and honor to be with you. You know, we are experiencing at Liberty Council something we've never experienced in our history since 1989 when we were founded, and that is the volume, the intensity, and the emotions of people that are calling. We are going day and night. Uh, Tens and tens of thousands of people are reaching out to us to ask for help. And I say ask for help, they're really pleading for help. We have people from the military to others, all different spectrums, call us, and they begin to weep on the phone, break down and sob, because they're losing their job that they've worked at for 20, some of them 30 years. Some of those are just a few months or a year away, two years away from retirement. They're being threatened with everything. Those in the military, no matter how many tours of duty they serve, they're being threatened with dishonorable discharge. I mean, these are men and women who have gone to the front lines, and they're being threatened with dishonorable discharge. People in the healthcare industry, they've run to the front lines from the very first day of the pandemic. And now they're being told, get the shots, or you superheroes are now super zeros. You will be terminated. We don't need you. You're gone. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Students, for example, that are in their last semester, a mother, single mother, second career, one semester left, graduates in December, nursing degree, says uh, she's told by the school, get the shots or you're going to be dismissed from the nursing program. She's a couple of months away from graduating. A military reservist, 29 years in the Air Force, he put in his religious exemption in September. Thought it was no big deal. Now he's threatened with dishonorable discharge. He retires on December the 1st. Since he's a reservist, he only has four to five more days in the Air Force uniform. And then he's done. Four to five more days for the reserve duty. 
and he's done December 1. Now he's being told, get the shot, or you'll be dishonorably discharged. That's the kind of abuse, the insanity that's happening all over the country. And Matt, what are you able to do about this? I understand you've recently developed a class action suit. I get uh, calls on this program all the time, people asking, what are the legal remedies? Is there some kind of class action suit that can be filed? And I said, I'm sure there's some enterprising lawyer out there who will figure out a strategy for, for combating this in a broader way than just individual cases. Is that, kind of, is that the kind of strategy you're able to pursue now? Yes. In fact, last Friday, we filed a massive class action lawsuit. It's on behalf of every member of all five branches of the military, all the 2 million-plus federal employees, and all the 3.7 million-plus federal civilian contractors. Now, you think of civilian contractors, what do they do? Well, take the military, for example. The military doesn't make a single thing for the military. They contract it out to specialists, people that are experts in their field. Everything from the shoestrings on their shoes to the most advanced F-35 fighter jet to the very top nuclear scientists, those are all in the private sector working either from experience in the military or they've gained specialized additional training and it's unreplicatable. They're working for our security and for the government. All of those are being threatened with termination. And so we filed the class action lawsuit last Friday and then on Monday the federal judge is now expediting the case, moving it forward. So we uh, will move that case forward very quickly, and it'll affect not only all three classes, uh, but the first count in this case, which is emergency use authorization, will affect every single person, because all of the mandates, whether government or private, they're all illegal, because there is no authorized FDA-approved COVID shot available, period. BioNTech's Cominati is authorized by the FDA, licensed by it, but the FDA and the NIH correctly say it's not available. And it's not going to be available for a number of months. Who knows how long it's going to be? But it's not going to be this year. So there's no FDA licensed COVID shot available anywhere. So that means all the others, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, they're all under the federal emergency use authorization law. And that law is very clear. Individuals have the option to accept or refuse the product. End of the story. All of these forced mandates, no matter where they're coming from, public or private, they're all violating the federal law. And we also are raising religious free exercise because Biden thinks that he can just jettison the First Amendment and the Federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and he can't do that. He's not above the law. And by the way, in um, other cases, we just have, as of yesterday, our case out of Maine, uh, representing over 2,000 uh, healthcare workers in that state, that's now before the U.S. Supreme Court. And yesterday afternoon, the Supreme Court ordered Maine to file their response to it by Monday. So that case is moving very quickly, and it's already at the Supreme Court of the United States. Well, Matt, I'll tell you, this this is staggering because you are really in the middle of a kind of constitutional crisis. Um, it, let me clarify something, because, you know, they made big news saying that the FDA had now approved the vaccine, and that was the basis upon which they could now mandate, excuse me, right. mandate that people have it. What you're saying is that was a sort of bait and switch, that the vaccines that they are giving out are not pro approved by the FDA. Right. There's two things to really look at here. Number one, even if BioNTech's Cominati 
is available, which it's not. But let's just assume that it is, right? Just from a hypothetical standpoint. That would be the only one that you could not use the option to uh, accept or refuse defense. You still have all the other defenses about religious freedom and other things. Uh, but mm-hmm. that, the only thing that that does is you couldn't use the EUA law that you say you have the option to refuse. However, even if it were on the market, right, and you couldn't use that defense, the other ones, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, don't all of a sudden move from EUA over to FDA approval. They all are different in the sense they are legally different. It doesn't matter what substantive they have. They're legally different. So they're all still under the emergency use authorization law. So what are you seeing? You're seeing them force all of them. But let's go to point number two, as I mentioned earlier. And that's the big one. There is no FDA-approved COVID shot available in the United States anywhere. And it's not going to be for months and months. And that comes directly from the FDA itself in a letter uh, August and September of this year, and also the NIH, and even Pfizer itself will admit that very fact. Uh, there is no Cominati available. It's not even been produced. And the reason is it has to go through some additional hoops. You can't just stop the uh, production line, switch the labels, and slap a Cominati on it, and then ship it to the United States. It's not that easy. So there is nothing available. Everything that you see, everything that you hear about, is under the emergency use authorization law, which means you have an option to refuse without any consequences whatsoever. Why? Because under EUA, it's an emer- it's a uh, experimental mm-hmm. and investigational drug, and the reason is we just don't know a lot of the outcomes of it. Now we do. We know a lot of it because we know that they're neither safe uh, nor are they effective from keeping people from getting the Delta variant, as an example. Yes. So yes. that's a big deal, and that affects everybody. Matt, we know you've got a hard stop when the, when this segment ends. How do people support your work? Because you're doing some extremely important work, and and I know there are people listening who say, "I I want to support this." I mean, dis, dishonorable discharge for people who have served honorably. I mean, this is monstrous. So, how do people get in touch, make a contribution, uh, inquire? What do they do? They go to our website. Very simple, uh, Bishop. Just lc.org, lc.org. And if you are being coerced, no, somebody is, when you go to lc.org, you can donate there. There's a donate button at the top. There's also a legal help tab there, and you can click on that and fill out the form, watch the video, look at some of the religious example letters, and then do your own. And then we'll walk you through the process through emails and other communications, telephone conferences. We're doing those every day. And if you want to learn more about the COVID shots in particular, you can go lc.org forward slash vaccine. But lc.org is the main webpage. And there you can get everything. Now, Matt, here again, I, we don't have a whole lot of time. What's your reading on this? Because most people are, are thinking this is not about compassion and caring for the American people. It's about heavy-handed control that doesn't even pass constitutional muster. Muster Is that your reading as well? Are these, are these well-intentioned people have gone too far? Or do you think something else is at work here? Oh, I think it's something else at work. Bishop, I never thought I would see this kind of evil from corporations and for the government that is abusive to people. Uh, when, when you are on our receiving end and you hear their pleas and their cries, like the husband who called and broke down because he's threatened to lose his job and his insurance, 
he's the sole breadwinner, and his wife uh, is on cancer treatment, or the person that we just talked to this week, she needs a kidney transplant, and she just got removed. We have a woman whose brother is willing to offer his kidney for her. And because she doesn't want the COVID shot, she has been prohibited from having her brother's kidney that he's willing to offer her. I mean, how insane and abusive and evil is that? Matt, thank you for the work you're doing, and we will have you in our prayers as well. Folks, go to lc.org and either file your own information if you're a victim of this or make a donation or do something because this is the front line of the battle that we are in. Thank you so much, Matt. God bless you. God bless. Thank you. We'll be back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman. Once upon a time, a traveling shoe salesman happened upon a shoe store manager who told him a tale which a customer had passed along to him just a few days earlier. The customer had said that he'd come from a country where anyone selling shoes could make a fortune. The customer had told the store manager that there wasn't a single shoe salesman in the entire country. Well, the traveling salesman, tired of competing with countless other shoe salesmen, asked where the country was. The store manager told him, and he immediately rushed out of the store without trying to sell the manager a single pair of shoes. The salesman wired his boss to send 10,000 pairs of shoes to that country at once and told him that he was taking the next plane to the country. He would be there when the shoes arrived and would make himself and his company a fortune selling shoes in that particular country because there wasn't a single salesman in the entire country. The salesman wired his wife that he was going to this country where there was no shoe salesman and that he would come home with enough money for them to live happily ever after. When the shoe salesman arrived at the country where there was no other shoe salesman, he was greeted by an official of that country. The salesman was so excited about the fortune he was to make. He asked the official how many people lived in that country. About two million, the official replied. But then the salesman happened to look down and discovered that the official wasn't wearing any shoes. Why aren't you wearing any shoes? The salesman asked. No one wears shoes in this country, the official replied. The salesman hurried to the telegraph office and wired his company. Council order. I'm returning. No one here wears shoes. Well, upon arrival at home, the salesman found that he had been fired. Shortly thereafter, another shoe salesman happened to enter the same shoe store which the first salesman had entered. He was told the same story by the same manager. Immediately, the salesman rushed out of the store without trying to sell a single pair of shoes. The second salesman wired his boss to ship 10,000 pairs of shoes to the country at once and told him that he was taking the first plane to that country. The salesman wired his wife and told her he was going to the country where there wasn't another shoe salesman. He promised to make a fortune for them and that they would live happily ever after. When met at the airport by the same official who had greeted the earlier salesman, the salesman asked how many people lived in that country. About two million people, the official replied. 
Then the salesman discovered that the official wasn't wearing any shoes. When asked why, the official replied, No one wears shoes in this country. Immediately, the salesman went to the telegraph office and wired his boss, Send another 50,000 pairs of shoes immediately. No one in this country has a pair. And lo and behold, that salesman became the most prosperous shoe salesman in all the world. The name of the first shoe salesman was Mr. Pessimist. The name of the second shoe salesman was Mr. Optimist. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Folks, my wife just texted me and said, have, have you donated yet? Have we donated yet? And I said, no, not yet, but, but we're going to, to, to LC.org because I, I, I can't speak for all of you, but when you hear that a woman in need of a kidney transplant and a brother who's willing to donate his kidney, and you know what happens if you need a kidney transplant, you don't get it, you die. And you're told, no, we won't do it unless you get the vaccine. And if you don't want to get the vaccine, just go ahead and die. Folks, that, that's, I mean, that, that, is, that is Frankenstein monster stuff. It really is. It really is. Not to mention telling people who have served honorably in the military that they're going to be kicked out with dishonorable discharges I mean, people with combat service, people who have risked their lives now because they won't get a vaccine that Matt tells us, and I trust his interpretation and understanding of this, that basically the vaccine they've approved is not the vaccine that they're, it's not what they're injecting people with. That won't be ready for quite some time. Now, see, we've been lied to because the impression that we were given was that, oh, no, no, the FDA has now approved the vaccine, but they haven't approved the vaccine uh, that the, the shots that are being given, Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. None of those have been approved. Only this this other one that he's talking about, that's the only one that's been approved and that's not available. So we're being lied to. It, it, we're 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 being lorded over by a bunch of tyrannical uh, bureaucrats who, you know, I said this early on, that this thing has unleashed the little petty tyrants that have been hiding under the covers. You know, they've been camouflaged, but they're really little petty tyrants. And now that they've got a chance to lord it over people, they're taking it for all it's worth. You know, I also said that they would not let go of the control that they've obtained through this communist Chinese Wuhan virus, they would not let go that it would it because it's like an addiction, that control over people, that ability to command people and order people. It's an addiction and that they would not want to let it go. And, and you can see cases are diminishing all over the country. Uh, there is no question we are not where we were a year ago today. And yet you would think that we are in, in, in a full-blown meltdown in this country with people dropping dead in the streets the way they're 
treating it and the way they're ordering people to, to either comply or lose your job. So th- this stuff is utterly, utterly evil is what it is. And I think Matt used that term. He said, I, I never thought I'd witness this kind of widespread evil. Not to mention the, the police officers, the firefighters, uh, all of these people who've served us honorably and served us well now lose their jobs because they won't take the shot. And I think Matt has made the point uh, uh, even much more cogently than I could because I don't practice law anymore, but he made it in great detail. This is unconstitutional. This is it's against the statutory framework we have for dealing with these things. And I really believe that it's against the Constitution. I, my own theory is I didn't have a chance to talk to, this, to Matt about this. But my own theory is it's a violation of the Fourth Amendment against unreasonable searches and seizures. Because if you force me to inject something into my body, you are seizing my body. And I, I don't think that's, that's a, 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 an attenuated interpretation. You have to seize my body in order to force me to take a shot that I don't want to take. Now, that seizure may be through legal mechanisms of forcing me to report somewhere or do something under threat of loss of job or loss of livelihood or loss of, of status in the military, or whatever, whatever the threat is, but that's force. And it, it has got to stop. So thank God for Matt, I know he's not the only one dealing with this, but uh, but I'll tell you what, I mean, he's been on the front lines of these issues. He used to be a professor at Liberty University. That's where he found the Liberty Council. He's been on the front lines of these issues for many, many years, and thank God for, for someone like him that is on those front lines. 888-589-8840 is the number. Uh, I want to make sure I get to some of your calls, if not in this segment, at the very beginning of the next one. And you can comment on anything we've been talking about so far. Uh, let me mention a couple of things that, that really require at least a highlight. I have to tell you, folks. So what, what Matt told me just made me godly angry, just godly angry that, that you know, this game is being played with the American people. And we're being treated like like pawns on a chess table, just being moved around at the whim of a bunch of politicians and bureaucrats who could care less about us. What they care about is their own sense of power. But I watched the attorney general uh, in some of these hearings this morning, and I tell you, I got godly angry about that because they asked him about the Loudoun County case of the father whose daughter was raped, sexually assaulted, and then this kid who did it, claiming to be a woman, going into female restrooms, sexually abducted and sexually assaulted another girl in another school where he was placed after the charges of this sexual assault were handed down. He was released and sent to another school, and he did it all over again. And then the school board member had the nerve to tell him she didn't believe his daughter. And when he got angry, called her a name, shouldn't have done that, but, but he, didn't, he didn't lunge at her. He didn't try to hit her. He just got angry. He responded with, uh, with, uh, with an ad hominem. Um, and then he's he's basically manhandled as and 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 the school boards uh, National School Board Association cited his case as one of those instances of domestic terror. But what is wrong with these people? Because I think I said this before, folks. 
you mess with one of my children, you hurt my one of my daughters like this. And as in fact, I who who was it? I I, I can't remember who it was, but one of the congressmen said he ought to be commended for his restraint. He ought to be commended for having not done anything worse. Because here again, you start messing with, and I'm not talking about going and shooting up anything, folks. I'm just, I'm just talking about, you know, just, you know, you, you're challenging my manhood as the father of my child. You're, you're challenging my child's honor. You're, 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 yeah, you're definitely getting on the fighting side of me. But praise God, he didn't do that. And he, he said a bad word. He shouldn't have said that. But he's a domestic terrorist now? Really? Well, I guess on that theory, we're all domestic terrorists. Anybody who objects to what the government is doing, anybody who gets vociferous or gets loud or, or gets agitated or, or demonstrates any kind of anger, we're all, I guess we're all a bunch of domestic terrorists. And the Attorney General Merrick Garland didn't even know about the case. Either that or he, he's just that stupid and out of touch or he lied. How could you take on a responsibility based on the National Association of School Boards letter to the president in which they cited that particular case and say, oh, I don't know anything about that. Oh, no, I never heard of that. Nope, nope, I'm not aware of that. So basically, you don't know why parents are so exercised. You don't know why parents are angry. You don't know why they're upset. You just know you're going to call out the FBI to deal with them because they're domestic terrorists. Now, he tried to walk it back. Oh, no, we, we're not going to investigate people at school boards. But, you know, they keep telling us this nonsense that the biggest threat to our country is, is um, well, I guess white supremacy or extremism or whatever. I mean, you know, domestic terrorism. That's basically what they call it, domestic terrorism. Not, not Islam. Not all these Afghani, Afghanis that we're bringing in, many of whom are not, are, many of whom are Taliban. I'm convinced of it. Many of them are terrorists themselves. No, no, no. They're, they're, not, they're not a big threat to us. No, it's, it's the American people who fly the flag and who love our country and, and, and just don't want to be told that we're a bunch of bigots and haters and racists. We're, we're the problem. We're the problem. Yeah, not 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 them. Oh my goodness, no, no, not not Islam, Islamists. No, Americans. And these Americans going to these school board meetings, getting loud and vociferous. Yeah, they're they're the problem. That's what that's what the FBI's got to turn its guns on. Back in the way. One of the most controversial topics in Christianity today is homosexuality. The Bible is clear about it, but the world has been relentless in its attempts to shift our views, and that's caused confusion and increased pressure to bow to the culture. In his Engage Magazine article, Homosexuality Comes to the Church, Standing Firm in a Culture that Embraces Chaos, M.D. Perkins gives scripture to dispel the lies of the world. Sign up for your complimentary copy today at EngageMagazine.net. Hurricane Ida is one of the strongest hurricanes to hit Louisiana to date. Thousands are in need of hope and help, so 8 Days of Hope is headed to Louisiana to help them begin rebuilding their lives. If you're local to the area or if you can travel, you're very welcome to join. But if you can't do that, you're still able to help through your prayers and donations. To sign up as a volunteer or to donate, go to 8daysofhope.com. 
eightdaysofhope.com. Oh, wow. I hear the little heartbeat because they have a heartbeat on their like little, little beat. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is real. When this young mom came into a preborn clinic, she was confused with nowhere to turn. After meeting with the preborn counselors and meeting her baby on ultrasound, she chose life. If I hadn't saw the ultrasound, it would have been a totally different picture. And I think about this when I look at my daughter, I start tearing up. She will never be here. The ministry of preborn is there for moms in crisis, offering love, support, and free ultrasounds. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time. Will you join Preborn in the cause for life? To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and baby. Your love can save a life. All gifts are tax deductible. I did wrestle with God immediately. Leslie Leyland Fields on Focus on the Family Minute describing the pain of her unexpected pregnancy. You know, all of those fears and anxieties, I, I am aware that God is with me right now in this moment, and I'm, I'm complaining, I'm lamenting, I'm saying all these things to Him. And, and yet there's also this very clear sense that, oh my goodness, God, what are you doing? It's not, what have we done? It's not, what mistake have we made? It's God, what are you doing here? And even as I said that, I even had a sense of what the answer was. And, you know, in some tiny part of my heart, there was a sense of relief of knowing, okay, God, this is what you want. You can hear all of Leslie's amazing story at familyminute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. We're back. This afternoon, I'll be at the Douglas Leadership Institute Regional Conference at 7900 Walmsley Boulevard in Richmond, Virginia. So if you're in the area, stop by. I'll be speaking at 7 o'clock. I think that's what time the event starts um, or somewhere thereabouts. Uh, So stop on by if you're in the area again. The Douglas Leadership Institute Regional Conference theme is Our Faith, Our Family, Our Freedom. 7900 Walmsley Boulevard, W-A-L-M-S-L-E-Y, in Richmond, Virginia. The number is 888-589-8840. Folks, this stuff is enough to, to, it's enough to make you pray. Let's put it that way. (laughs) It's it's enough to make you want to double down your prayer time because it, it is it is sorely needed, but also double down your your engagement, your giving everything because you realize we are in a pitched battle for the future of this country as a free constitutional republic. Let's get right to your calls. Let's go to uh, Melvin in North Carolina. Melvin in North Carolina. Uh, let's see here. I'm having a little bit of difficulty with my. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Sorry about that. I've got well, it now. The Lord, Melvin. I'm first. Yes, Melvin, you're on. Praise the Lord. I'm first. I, uh, I appreciate your biscuit and love you and everything. I uh, just had a question I want to ask, but I got a, uh, I got a quick comment. Anything, sure. if, if you notice, anything that the uh, Democrats push, 
it's evil. There's evil behind it. Anything, and you know how much they're pushing the vaccine. But anyway, um, I do. I I like to, to hear if you have any information on the antibodies because in the beginning, I think it was the CDC. Somebody said that they said it only lasts about ninety days. But I heard on on the American Family Radio that Israel said that um they did a study. And uh, the antibodies was up to 13 times better than the vaccine. And I was just curious if you, you could give any information out because they're pushing the vaccine on people who have the antibodies. They have the antibodies from what I know so far, but you don't definitely do not need it. And, and I actually, I heard that you had it and you had the antibodies. And I just, I'm just mm-hmm. getting over the, the virus good and it was pretty tough, but. I said, thank God I've had it now. But if you have any any information that you can give out, Amen. Um, I appreciate it. I'm going to hang right, up Melvin. and uh, listen to you. Any thank you. information you have about antibodies. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Melvin. Thank you. Uh, let me just say, first of all, folks, I think there is a consensus that has developed in the scientific community, and it's been hard coming because, of course, Fauci, f- false fake Fauci, has been pushing the vaccine and the vaccine only, no treatments, no prophylaxis drugs, no, um, no, no, no natural immunity. They don't talk about any of that. There's only one thing they want to talk about. You've got to get the vaccine. But other doctors have come along. Uh, I had one on here uh, from Stanford University, a renowned epidemiologist. Uh, we're going to have him back. We had um, molecular biologist, a molecular biologist on um, uh, Parks, uh, Christina Parks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the, the, the gentleman we have on for, had on from Stanford uh, was Harvey uh, Risch, R-I-S-C-H, both saying natural immunity is better. And when you have natural immunity, you don't want to get the vaccine. Now, I've got an article in front of me because I've archived this one. It's a Scientific American that says your immune system evolves to fight variants. It evolves to fight variants. What Harvey Hirsch from Stanford University says is that the vaccine produces variants that your body, for people who've never had COVID, that their bodies are not prepared to deal with. These variants are being produced. That was his, what he said. The variants are being produced by the vaccine. Now, as far as the length, uh, I don't think there's any real consensus yet about how long they last. What is clear is it's a lot longer than the vaccine, which is three to six months. A lot longer. We had my wife and I had our test six months out. Strong antibodies. We're going to do it again. The test for those antibodies. But I really believe, and there's some evidence to show, that the antibodies may well last a lifetime because they hide in the bone marrow of your body and come out when it's necessary to fight the disease trying to enter your body again. So that's, that's as much as I can give you as a non-expert. That Scientific American article, let me give you the name of it. It was called, Your Immune System Evolves to Fight Coronavirus Variants. And it was published on March 31st of this year. Your immune system evolves to fight 
coronavirus variants. And it goes into great detail, more than you and I want to get into, about how the body does this and T cells. And, 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 and the, the, this is a complex system that God has created in us to protect us from disease. And these crazies at the CDC and the NIH don't even want to talk about this. So I I hope that helps. Let's go to uh, Deanna in Arkansas. Deanna, welcome. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, uh, Reverend. Thank you for taking my call. I I just want to say that uh, all these midnight flights and putting these with all these children, and then maybe there'll be two or three adults, probably they're coyotes, and it's probably all about sex trafficking and little slave labor that's going on with delivering these, and, and they've probably got secondary destinations for, for, for most of them. And, and then when I heard that uh, uh, the guy up at the top, the Zerovich or whatever his name was, making that speech the other day about how uh, President, supposedly President Biden came, uh, pulled us out of the uh, recession, I thought he was, when I first heard him talking, I thought it was tongue-in-cheek. I thought he was being cynical because anybody else would believe that that's a cynical speech, what he said, because none of it was true. That was Deanna. Thank you for that. Okay, go ahead. One more thing. uh, Yeah. The definition of a bully is a coward with a little bit of power. And that's all they are up there in in, uh, Mr. Biden's. Thank you for the call, uh-huh. Deanna. We've got it. Thank you. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is who you're talking about, the transportation secretary. And I say two things about Pete Buttigieg uh, by which you ought to evaluate him. Pete Buttigieg is the son of Joseph Buttigieg. Joseph Buttigieg was a lifelong communist and admirer of, of Antonio Gramsci, who was a, a, a renowned communist theorist uh, in, in Italy. And uh, so that's, that's Pete Buttigieg's pedigree. He comes from a communist. Joseph Buttigieg taught at Notre Dame, and in his biography, they never even mentioned that he was the founder of the Antonio Gramsci Society. The man was a straight-up communist. That's, that's who raised him. The second thing I'd say is this. Pete Buttigieg just came off of two months of, of a paid paternity leave with for him and his so-called husband, raising their twins. Now, you you make of that abomination what you will, but I feel sorry for those poor children. I really do. And this is the man we've got who's supposed to be dealing with our um, supply chain problems. He, he's got his own problems to deal with. I, I, I wouldn't entrust him with anything to, to that's important to the American people. Uh, okay, let's let's go to uh, D in Louisiana. D, welcome. Hi, uh, Bishop. Um, yes, ma'am. I was just wondering. Uh, I wanted to talk about um, those that have been uh, turned away because of the vaccine mandates for the transplants. Yes. Um, I I wanted to. Uh, I heard on this morning AFA when I was listening to Sandy that Governor Abbott is welcoming without those mandates, any transplant patients, that they will do that in Texas. I don't think I heard you okay. talk about it, but we need to talk about it. 
All right. Thank you so much, D. Thank you. And I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, Matt Staver didn't say that his clients had that as an option. I'm not sure why, but that's something for everybody to know. If that you're in that position and Texas is willing to accommodate you, uh, then that's some place you can escape to. Sad, but praise God that there is some place you can go. Okay, let's go to Ty in Ohio. Ty, welcome. Hey, hi, Bishop. Uh, good to talk to you. I've got a quick question. I understand, my understanding is that the Supreme Court uh, upholds the Constitution. And with all these violations of our personal rights, do they have the authority to act independently of the legislative, or do they have to have a case brought before them before they can act? Yeah, the the rule has been, uh, and you know these things are always subject to to challenge and and change. But the rule has been that the Supreme Court may only hear cases and controversies. Um, there's a case that was back in the early days of the country when uh, they were there were some um, statesmen trying to get the Supreme Court to give a declaratory judgment about a matter, and the Supreme Court refused. So it's long. Uh, precedent that the Supreme Court only deals with cases and controversies, not declaratory matters about theoretical issues that might arise or that do arise but haven't come before them. Let's go to Bill in Alabama. Bill, welcome. Hello. Uh, I know you're short on time. All I want to know is, have you heard of anybody getting to call or recall these school board members up there in Loudonville? And uh, but what about uh, recall and what about somebody running against election against them? Well, both. I mean, we've heard both talked about. I don't I don't think recall is in the works right now, but I can I can assure you that every single one of them is going to be challenged in the upcoming election. That's why, folks, you heard me say we, we need a president who will disperse these federal bureaucrats from northern Virginia because they, they are the deep state that has embedded themselves in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and they're ruining our state with their leftist politics. Uh, so it, it's, look, it's, it would be a battle. And if every Christian, every constitutional conservative would get engaged, I think we've got a shot at completely getting rid of some of these people and putting in some folks who really care about the education of our children as opposed to using them for their own political agenda. Thank you so much for the call. Thanks, everybody. God bless each and every one of you. Stay in the fight, because remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit, because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.